Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. Habs Unfiltered is featured on The Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio. This podcast brings you honest and in-depth hockey discussion and entertainment. Our hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudvay, are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to episode 166 of Habs Unfiltered. I am your host, Blaine Pudvay. I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good afternoon. And Treg Wilson. Hi. As a bilingual show, we will provide translations into French when requested. Steve those... Simmons, keep note. Yeah, yeah. Although, you know, if you're listening to this, stop. Anyway... On to what this is. This is the preview episode for the Stanley Cup final. The Canadians, the Lightning, have swept in two. No, no, that's not what's going to happen. But every other series, the Canadians have been swept. They've been completely outmatched. They're the Tor- worst team ever. Toronto, they just folded. They didn't even show up. Yeah. There, there's no point. No, yeah. That's why the Canadians have never been able to win a series in this playoffs. Luck. Pure luck. It's all luck. The, the league has put this together. It's a conspiracy. It, it. Wait, what was the one I seen today? Uh, we're being sheepish, and it's just because they're on a hot streak. Well, aren't isn't you that supposed ha- to be on a hot streak yeah. in the isn't playoffs? That, isn't that how every team wins the uh, Stanley Cup? They go on a little bit of a hot streak? I haven't seen a team win on a losing streak. <laughs> anyway so we're gonna do a real quick uh real quick mop up of some news and notes for the canadians uh today is the 27th of june and the canadians signed brandon baddock to a two-way one-year contract extension uh he played a great uh, you know a very important role down in uh, laval as an enforcer and with all the new uh, new guys coming in all the prospects coming up he's going to play a key role in protecting the uh the young guys, especially on a team that finished second overall in the AHL last year. Um, next step, we have to acknowledge what's going on in Chicago 
there's been uh, reports of an alleged report of a sexual assault. We say alleged because nothing's been proven in court yet. Uh, although I believe the accusers. Um, so a video, a video coach for the Chicago Blackhawks in 2010 sexually assaulted one or two players. I'm not hundred percent sure. I'm not, I'm not all up to speed on the story itself. I've read it a couple of times, but uh, it's not enough to say that I know the ins and outs of it. So anyway, this coach sexually assaulted these players. They went to management, uh, reported it to them. Uh, they did something internally and eventually fired this coach who then went on to become a sexual offender in Michigan is on a sexual offenders registry. The, um, the rumors that Mark Bergevin knew about this or had, had knowledge previous or prior or during, or was in meetings or knew about it after that that's been circulating. So Katie Strang in today's uh, pre Stanley cup final press conference with Mark Bergevin brought it up and good for her because that's exactly what needs to happen. And Bergevin flat out said that he had no knowledge of what had happened prior to or during. He was not in any meetings. He has no direct knowledge. Uh, he provided a direct quote and denied everything. So at this point, we have to take him at his word. Clearly, there'll be more investigations done. And if something's found out, he'll suffer the consequences if he's lying. If he's not, let's just leave him alone for now. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> judging from what I, I've seen of Bergevin and stuff like that, he doesn't seem like the type of player who has, who would sit on something like that. Like if he knew about it, I think he would say something or at least try to do something. Um, apparently from the story I've read, stories I've read, uh, they went to a trusted uh uh, trainer, I believe it was that they, they knew of. It was an ex police officer, uh, and he went to upper management, which at the time Bergevin was not part of. Uh, player development is not part of upper management, and uh, he told them uh, that they should go get the police involved and uh, stuff like that. Upper management did not do that until they didn't do that at all, and. Uh, and yeah, so uh, now players are saying that everyone on the team knew about it. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. Um, I would hope and I think that Bergevin is a, a good enough person that that wouldn't be something he'd get involved with or he would uh, help put under the rug. So uh, if he heard about it and did nothing, maybe he just assumed that management was dealing with it and it wasn't part of his business to know anything about it that's all i have to say about it really i don't, I don't know enough nothing matt i got nothing to pass on good we'll move on from that that uh that nightmare that's going on in chicago hopefully uh truth comes out sooner rather than later moving on uh, the next piece of news is uh, Joel Armia. He has been isolated for COVID protocol. Uh, supposedly he's tested positive. This would be the second time he has tested positive for COVID. He is not traveling with the team and there has been no confirmation on to whether or not he'll be available for games one or two. But 
with him in isolation and not traveling today with the team, the chances are that at the very least he will not be available for game one. And I'm going to get some thoughts on Matt. What are your thoughts on this? I think if a, uh, if he ends up having to go through the same um, waiting period as to I think it'd be a massive loss for the team. This is a guy that he plays big. He's a, he is a big body. He's got a long stick. He, um, and he's a really uh, key contributor to that, uh, to that penalty kill uh, penalty kill. That's uh, over 93% in the playoffs and, and really a reason that the Canadians have been able to shut down some of these, uh, these offensive threats throughout the playoffs. Um, I know Evans was skating on that line with, um, with stall and um, with Perry, which would be, it would be nice to see him back in the lineup, but how recovered is he? How, how is he going to be put into the lineup? Is he still, is he going to be shook up after that? Like, it's, it's hard to say, um, but back to back to Armia. This is a guy that uh, he's shown up during the playoffs. He's played he's, he's played a key role. He scored some big goals, and um, you know he might not be a, a Suzuki or a Caulfield or something like that. He might not get as much uh, press attention as everybody else. But fans know how um, important this guy is to the lineup and how important he is to that fourth line that is uh, that has turned heads throughout this playoff. I think uh, he's. I think he is a big loss, but I think the Habs have the depth. They have uh, Josh Evans is going to go, or Jake Evans, sorry, is going to go in there, and uh, he'll fill a spot. He could either either swap with Lekkinen. Lekkinen moves down to that fourth line, and he stay, goes on the, the that uh, Deneau line where the, he had chemistry earlier in the playoffs before he got hurt. Um, the uh, penalty kill will be hurt a bit, but again, Jake Evans can step into that role. He may not be as offensive as Armia was, and if maybe offensive what you're looking for, you have Tom Tatar sitting in there that could come in and maybe help provide that offense. He's not a very big offensive playoff guy, but he does have the skill and stuff like that. Um, so I don't think uh, it's that big of a loss as, as it could be. Um, <clears throat> just because we have the depth on the team to fill that spot and cover the holes that uh, would be missing with Armia. Yeah, see, with uh, I, I agree. Armia, the loss of Armia is a big deal. Um, playing on that fourth line, that the identity of that fourth line has been a heavy game, a cycle game, and Armia plays a big role in that. With him out and Jake Evans into that role, he doesn't. He's not capable of playing in the same manner as Joel, uh, as Edmonds, Edmonds uh, as Armia does. There's so many Joels. Um, yeah. So Armia plays a little bit more of a physical style. He, he's not throwing the hits, but he's taking the punishment and he can protect the puck that way. Evans, he's a bit smaller. <clears throat> he has a, he has a harder time with that. Um, but you're right on the penalty kill. Evans will provide uh some good relief there but again armia is one of those guys that you rely on heavily in the penalty kill you could bring in tatar instead of evans if you're unsure of evans's physical ability uh from his injury that is if he's not 100 percent um tatar can play defensively he has a little bit of that offense to his game um you know being being a guy who led the team in points for a couple straight years so you have that option, 
but it doesn't give the same feel on that line that made it that made it effective in the first three rounds. So there's going to have to be some some adjustments, and we're going to get into those a little bit here through the show. Um, we'll start from the net out. So we'll do little comparisons, and we'll kind of do our little chat about what we're expecting in this series. So Tampa Bay, clearly the best team the Canadians have faced in the playoffs, bar none, hands down. The defending cup champions, that blows Toronto out of the water. Vegas, as good as they were, Tampa's better. So we'll start at the in net. Price versus Vasilevsky. I think this is going to be a key matchup in this series. Treg, what do you think? I think it's a bit of a wash, really. Uh, <clears throat> both Vasilevsky and Price are playing excellent hockey here in the playoffs. Uh, I think it's going to come down to who wants it more. And I think, I think Price wants it more, of course, because, you know, he's getting older and who knows when he's going to get back here. Um, but both of them are Vesna Trophy winning goalies. They're both uh, top of the league when they're on their game and uh, they both can change a game. They both can... So I think it's just about even. I, th- I, I, I think it's even, but I think if you take the stats and everything off the ice, like and you go into the heart and the mind and stuff, I think Price is going to be hungrier for the wins than Veseleski is. Matt? I'll bring up stats just because you know how, <laughs> you know how, uh, how I am with that kind of stuff, and I love advanced stats. Uh, <laughs> so Andre Veseleski, I'll start with him. So far, he's played 18 games in the playoffs with a 936 save percentage and a 1.99 goals against and four shutouts. So pretty, pretty solid numbers. So pedestrian. Yeah, oh pretty, God, pretty. Just lucky. Just right, lucky. Pretty solid numbers. Um, then you look at Carey Price. Um, he's played 17 games, got a 934 save, 2.02 goals against, and a and one shutout. As 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 Treg said, it, it's it's very much looking like goaltending is going to be a big factor, but it could very well be a wash, and it's going to come down to uh, you know mistakes that uh, mistakes that are made. Um, I, I I think that Carey Price does have a lot. You know, we know that he's got a lot of heart, and as Treg alluded to, who knows the next time the Canadians are going to be in this situation. So I think he's going to uh, I think he's going to play his ass off, and uh, he's going to. Uh, He's gonna he's gonna make the team proud. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I think the focus is definitely gonna be there for Price. Um, he he missed quite a bit of time in the in the regular season, so fatigue is not gonna be a factor for him. It hasn't been in the playoffs thus far. <clears throat> um, but on Vasilevsky's side, I've watched a lot of Tampa Bay games in the playoffs, and while he's had some stellar games where he has just looked amazing, he's had some where he has been pedestrian, and his team is bailed them out and they're the Canadians are going to have to hope that they get that Vasilevsky a couple of times in this series because if they can and they've they've got a history of being able to get to him in the past you know they've been able to do it in the past so they'll need to do that in this series to have a chance to win that that matchup um so I don't know that I'll give the edge on goaltending to the Canadians in here. And for the same reasons as Treg mentioned, I think it comes down to just sheer desire because 
Vasilevsky's got his ring. He's still young. He's, you know, he's, he's on a, he's on a cup contending team price. He's, he's nearing the end of, he's in the twilight years. And I think he, he sees this as his one chance to really get one. And not to mention a legacy factor. If he wins a Stanley cup in Montreal, well, we're talking to a guy who's already going to the hall of fame. Maybe his number goes in the rafters too. So there's that. I think there's all of that in the background. Um, and we're going to move on from there a little bit. Treg has stepped out for, for a couple of minutes. So it's just gonna be me and Matt. Another thing I'll say about price. If the Canadians come out of this series, price, the Consmite trophy winner. hundred percent. hundred percent. There's, there's no other name that could possibly be given. I mean, people are going to try and mention guys like Suzuki and, you know, Caulfield. Well, guys, they'll also also look at the, uh, they'll also look at Tampa with how Kucherov's playing and stuff like that. But it does happen every now and then that, uh, um, obviously this is all speculation, but there is times that it happens that uh, the winning team doesn't have the Consumite Trophy winner, which is a little bit weird to see, but. Yeah, I can see this being another one of those Gia Shiger moments if the Canadians don't pull it out, that Price still ends up with it. So That could very well happen. Very possible. So on to the defense. We're looking at a... We, everyone knows that Montreal is playing their top four heavily. Everybody that listens to this show. Um, what they don't know is that Tampa's doing the exact same thing. Although they're, it's more their top three that they're really leaning on. That is McDonough, Hedman, and Sergachev. A couple of those names may sound familiar to Canadians fans as they were Montreal Canadiens draft picks. <coughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so those three defensemen are heavily relied upon by, by Tampa Bay. But the Tampa Bay defense isn't that much better than Vegas's. Vegas had a similar style defense with a similar makeup. I mean, you have Peter Angelo, who's there, that big uh, Norris type defender on the right side. And you have Hedman, who's an actual Norris winner. So the makeup and the way it's the way they're played are similar between Vegas and Tampa. So the Canadians have <coughs> some experience with this. So I have my theories on how they can get through this. So Matt, what do you have anything you want to say about how the Canadians can attack that D? They're just going to have to. For me, it's just continue to play the game that they've been playing. They Say get pucks in deep. Say pucks in deep. Pucks in deep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they just need to continue playing the way that they're playing and and really be that physical team that's uh, that's that's played against every other defense. I, I know Toronto and uh, Toronto's not the best defensive team. Um, Winnipeg's not the best defensive team and Vegas was really their, their top test. And, uh, even though Vegas scored the majority of their goals from their defense, you know, the Canadians still made it, uh, they made it difficult on them. And I think that's what they need to do in terms of a comparison. Um, our, uh, Tampa's got some very good defensemen. Like you, when you've, when you've got a guy, when you've got Victor Hedman on your team, you, you've, you're doing very well. Um, but you go up and down the lineup and, and what I think is going to end up being key is the five, six is Montreal doesn't really have that right now. They rely a lot on their top four and yes, 
Tampa does rely a lot on their top four, but you look at the guys that are playing a little bit lower in the minutes, you're looking like you're looking at a guy like David Savard. David Savard isn't a slouch at all. And I would 100% take David Savard any day over a guy like Gustafson to be able to eat up some, to eat up some minutes. He can kill penalties. He can this, he can that. The defense that they have, they don't have one guy that's just a, like a role player. He doesn't come out just for the power, the power play. So that's for me, that's something that I'm going to be watching during the series. Um, but if the Canadians top four, if they continue to play the, the way that they're playing and they get a little bit of contribution for, from a guy like Merrill, it could, uh, it could be one of those other things. It could be a, a non-story during this, during this series. And, uh, you know, both both defense cores might just beat the hell out of the other the other team's forward group throughout the throughout the series. What about you, Treg? What do you think? Uh, I think uh, Tampa may have the little edge on Montreal offensively, at least. Um, defensively, though, I think Montreal's big four has proven time and time again through these playoffs that they're shutting everyone down that comes near them. They're clearing the net for price. They struggled a little bit against Las Vegas in the first couple of games, but once they figured it out, they 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 got them out of there. Um, if Montreal keeps playing the game they've been playing all around, I don't think they're going to have that much of an issue with the uh, Tampa defense. Um, yeah, I, I think Tampa has more depth on their defense. Like I agree with Matt. I think their fifth, six guys are hell of a lot better than our fifth, six guys. They could actually be our three, four guys, to be honest. It's Sergachev and uh, Savard could be the three, four guys on our team. Um, but uh, <clears throat> I, I, just, I, I see them the same but different. I see Tampa's defense better offensively, our defense better defensively. And I, I think it's, again, I, I, it's so evenly matched. I don't see a, a you know, like like Matt said, you got Victor Hedman on one side and a hurt Shea Weber on the other. So and a hurt Jeff Petrie and probably a hurt everybody else. So, <laughs> well, at this point in the playoffs, just about everybody's Everyone's got an hurt, injury but, or uh, they're hurting in some way. So, but if we're if we're going defense, I'll give a little bit of an edge to Tampa Bay. Yeah, so. yeah, I would uh, I would give the edge to Tampa based on that three four or not three yeah. four the five six for sure. Yeah. Sure. I mean, they've got Yan Ruda and Eric Cernak. Yeah. David Savard. I mean, you want John Merrill and Gustafson, or do you want those guys? Come on. And, and I mean, Young. Montreal, they're going to have to use their speed, and the defense is going to have to be a bigger factor in their offense in order for them to uh, get by that defense. That That's how I think they're going to solve it. Well, Tampa's play defensively is not that dissimilar from Vegas's play. So the Canadians game plan shouldn't have to change all that much. Uh, the Islanders provided a very good blueprint on how to get to Tampa's defense, defenders. They just have to do what Montreal has been doing. Um, and that's hitting, uh, hitting the blue line with some speed, going a little East West every now and then. If you don't have a play, chip it in, just chip it in. You don't want to give up a puck on the blue line to that defense because they were going to turn that right around and transition that game. Defensively for the Canadians, it's the same thing. You stand them up at the blue line. So 
yeah, I would give the edge on defense to Tampa Bay. Now, the forward group. The, um, the Canadians have faced some of the best players in the NHL throughout these playoffs. Some top forwards, and they've been shut down. They're going to have to do it again. With a, you got Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov, and Andre Palat on the top line for Tampa, and they are rolling. Um, that is Deno's bread and butter. He's going to have to match up on that line. He's going to have to find a way of shutting down Braden Point. The Islanders couldn't get it done, but they have Peugeot. They don't have Deno. So that's that's going to be a very big factor in this series. Um, you, you go down their lineup a little bit, and I don't see, like in their top six, I mean, they got Alex Kalorn there who could probably battle a little bit to get to the front of the net. But for the most part, I don't see a big problem for Montreal's defense and boxing out the front of the net. It's when you get into their bottom six, when you got guys like uh, Blake Coleman and Patrick Maroon crashing the net, that's going to be a bit of a, a heavier job. And if you get a matchup with Patrick Maroon versus uh, Gustafson, <laughs> yeah, he's going to be in front of the net. No doubt about it. So that's something you got to watch for. This is where I think possibly Romanov should start to be uh, looked at as an option because he can actually battle physically with these guys. Um, Treg, what do you think? Uh, offensively, I think Tampa Bay's head and shoulders above Montreal. Head and shoulders. Their, their, their top six is oh, yeah. just elite. However, I, I think you make a good point. I think Montreal's defense is not going to have a hard time boxing these guys out. No one's really – there's no Alex Tuck. There's no uh, uh, Pierre Dubois, who's a big boy that can that can fight. There's no uh, – I mean, I want to – I'm trying to think of Toronto players, but there's not too many that they couldn't box out there. So, uh, okay, let's look at it that way. They're, they're made up a lot like Toronto. A lot of offense, a lot of, a lot of uh, high scoring, but no real – strength to uh, play in the middle, play in the slot and get to the slot. So I think you're going to see Tampa try to score a lot from the outside and try to, I mean, and they have the skill to do it. So that's not a, a knock on Tampa that Kucherov, Stamkos, uh, Point, all them guys, they, they have the shots, they have the skill that they can almost score from anywhere if they can. So um I think that's what's going to hurt Tampa in, in this series is the fact that uh, Montreal, I think, is going to own the front of front of the net for Price. And if Price can see every shot, he's going to stop 98, 96 to 98 percent of them. Well, at least 93.9 percent is what he's stopping, I think, right now so, or something like that. 939, I think. What's this save percentage right now? 933? Yes. 934, there you go. So. Matt, what about you? What do you think? I think offensively, you've got to get obviously give it to the uh, you get, you, the forward groups. You have to give it to Tampa. They're just they're just so heavy in their top six. You got Braden Point, who's just on an absolute tear. He's got fourteen goals so far in the playoffs. Um, the one thing I will point out though is during the playoffs, they have scored a hell of a lot of goals on the power play. When you have a thirty nine percent power play, All right. Yeah, they're scoring a hell of a lot on the power play. So as long as they don't get Chris lead <laughs> in the final and, you know, and, and that's not, and 
I, I brought up earlier with uh, the Canadians penalty kill being over 93%, which is incredible. This is a team that is the, their bread and butter really is their power play. Yeah. So and, if the, in this matchup here, the special teams matchup, the Canadians penalty kill, if they can shut down that power play, the Canadians can match up well five on five. Yeah, they've got a real chance. Anyone. They've got a good chance if they yeah. can do that, but it's going to be all the extra shit after the whistle. It's going to be all the, you know, one guy getting pulled out of the pile, hopefully not being a Canadians player. Um, it's going to be that kind of story, but back to the forwards. Um, like I said, when you've got, when you've got Kucherov that, um, you know, you get a free nine and a half million dollar player back in your lineup for the playoffs, that's, that's that's leading the the that's leading the playoffs and scoring. Like I think that's a pretty good uh, a pretty good bonus for the uh, for the Tampa Bay lineup. That before that what before that going into the going into the playoffs they weren't a slouch offensively. That's for sure. And you know you were, we haven't even brought up Stamkos. Um, Sorelli plays with a hell of a lot of speed. Um, they they've got a good lineup and and and. I'm not going to say anything bad about the Canadians lineup. They've, they've proven time and time again that they're, they can, um, they can step up and, and play their best games against these guys. So I'll give the edge, obviously offensively to that forward group. Um, but it's going to really come down this, for this whole series, who, who wants it more and who, who, who's got the heart and who's going to show up to play. Yeah. So, Onto the special teams, <clears throat> you uh, you touched on it. The Canadians' penalty kill is going to be uh, a factor. It has to be a factor. They have to find a way to shut down that nearly forty percent power play. Um, Discipline is going to be a key, as you've also mentioned, so that they don't get as many power play opportunities. And the Canadians' power play is just going to have to continue producing. They're not. Uh, <laughs> they're nowhere near Tampa's level, but if they can stick around a twenty percent rate shut down Tampa's power play to about the same. That's, that's where things start to get very interesting where the five on five play really, really starts to matter. And being in the Stanley Cup final, I don't see too many ticky tack calls going to be made They're They're especially after all the garbage that's gone on in every damn round for all the series is up to this point. And if Chris Lee is roughing one of these games, the NHL has failed its fans, its teams, its players, and everybody else. So, um, yeah, so the, it's the intangibles now. This is where the Canadians, I think, edge out Tampa Bay. Tampa clearly has uh, the experience as a group. They won last year. They're an excellent hockey team. There is no doubt that they are the favorites. But the Canadians' intangibles are what really come into this. So, again, the Islanders kind of gave the blueprint to the Canadians on what they need to do. The Islanders took Tampa to seven. And we can we can argue back and forth about which is a better team, New York or Montreal. But I think Montreal is the better team. And they have, they have a better offense. They have better goaltending. So... You have a team that took them to seven, take what they did and improve on it. Those intangibles that we've talked about through the show, Treg talking about the desire for Carey Price, Shea Weber, this is his first chance whatsoever past the second round of the playoffs. 
there's guys who have won before who want to win again. And then the youth who want to win to help guys like price and Weber. It's, it's these little things they've, and they've created a, a team identity. So on the intangibles, Treg, what more could you add? <laughs> uh, I think Montreal this year does this have the heart determination. I just read a thing there on Twitter about Suzuki saying the, the big stat the team's tracking the, on the team that everyone wants to be ahead of is the defensive stats. And uh, <clears throat> there, it's just this team is gelling so well. Everyone wants to be a part of it. Uh, you have Thomas Tatar sitting in the press box, and he was happier than pig and shit when he came after they won the Eastern Conference Finals. He was hugging everyone, him and Bergevin hug him. I mean, everyone knows the role. Everyone knows what they need to do. And, and everyone's, everyone is in, everyone's part of the game plan. Everyone is, it has the, the playbook and they're, they're following it to a T. And uh, I, I mean, if you can get this far with Gustafson as one of your top six defensemen, um, I mean, let's be honest. He's there for the power play and the power play only and to give Weber the top four 30 second rest here and there. So, uh, <clears throat> I mean, the, the team from head to toe, I think the team is better coached, even though we're on our interim, interim coach. Temporary so, interim, interim. Um, <laughs> nothing, and I'm not taking away from Cooper. I'm just not taking away from Cooper. But when you know you have good coaching, when everyone is – is in the system when everyone's heads are in the system, when everyone buys into what they're selling and uh, not just buys into it, but they're actually executing it on the ice. And that that's to me, that's the biggest difference. And what's I think is going to propel Montreal to their 25th Stanley cup. Matt. So I'll agree with everything that he just said. And then I'll awesome. throw a good show. <laughs> and then I'll throw in, <laughs> I'll throw in um, Bergevin's red suit. <laughs> fair fair and because we have that and uh hopefully uh hopefully that comes out quite a bit during and they can continue that hot streak uh when he's i wearing only want to see suit. it once if he pulls it out once that means that's a good sign oh. and i'd like to see uh i like to see more fans in the uh in attendance i i think that would be i think that's a big thing and, and john cooper even brought it up during his uh press conference when tampa beat out um the Islanders and he even said like they deserve it just as much as we do their fans to see their team play they've waited a long time for it they would like to see it and, and I think I think both fan bases would like to see it I know I would I'd love to see you know even 10,000 people in the arena in uh, in, in Quebec um, in Montreal but it's hard to say we don't know what's going to happen as of right now they haven't really come out and said anything it'd be awesome to see um but yeah, it could definitely be one of those things. It's, you know, a fan base has never won a cup for a team, but you know, you're down by a goal or um, you're trying to protect a lead. The fans can really throw a lot of energy into you, especially in a cup final. So uh, that could be, that could be a story as well. I mean, if you look at the outside of the bell center, yeah, that's true. all those people in sardine can basically. Yes. Yeah. I get it's outside, but I'm pretty sure you can let 21,000 people in inside. At the very least, 10. At the, at the, at, sure, sure. Because, yeah, the, the Bell Center was rocking with 3,500 people. You would, 
it, it felt like way more. I mean, these it, the fans were going nuts. They were having it was a carnival, and I mean, it didn't didn't hurt that it was Saint Jean Baptiste when they they clinched. So it, it kind of added to the atmosphere a little bit. But yeah, yeah you add you add another four, uh, four or five thousand people to that, and holy crap! Yeah, but if they're but if they're so worried about this whole social distancing stuff that and 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 in case numbers and everything like that, they wouldn't be allowing that tight knit of a, of a, of a fan base or groups, groups of people outside the, outside the bell center. They, they wouldn't even allow that. Quebec today was under 90 cases. Well, there you go. Yeah. So think, think about that. Almost for a there. <clears throat> think about that. Almost for a there. Yeah. They were 4,000 what a month ago. Yeah. 90 cases today. Well, it makes a difference because their vaccination rate is extremely high now. Mm. It's almost at the, um, I think it's above the federally mandated 75% for reopening. So, we're almost there. There's there's a little bit more to go with this pandemic to get past, but we're almost there. And Quebec is doing really well. Um, so hopefully we can see more. That's an intangible that I think can make a difference it, it, because it looks like the ghosts of the forum have finally found their damn way over to the Bell Center. Absolutely. I mean, it's only it's only like five or six blocks, but Jesus. Well, listen, Patrick Waugh packed them in a suitcase when he left for Colorado. That's true. Him and Tremblay made up, coincidentally, the day after Montreal lost 4 nothing to Toronto. And since then, since then, Been on Montreal's only lost two hockey games. So, as an intangible, to stick to the topic of this part of the show, what they should do is bring Roy and Tremblay, put them at center ice, and they have they hug just once, just a bro hug real quick. And that should add a little bit. It would have to be an elbow pump elbow. Because no, no full bro hug. They're, they're vaccinated. Keep the masks on full bro hug. I, I think we do that. Yeah. That let's do that. Let's do that. They can do a skip the discus commercial out of it. You know, just <laughs> go for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Islanders played that hard no style that the Canadians have been doing. And Tampa likes to play a little bit more loosey goosey. They like that. They like the speed game. I, I keep looking back at the series that the Canadians have already played in the three that they've already played in. And they've played teams with a little bit of everything that Tampa has. So that, you know, you take a, a little bit of t- uh, Toronto's high powered offense. You take a little bit of Vegas's defense Um I'd say Winnipeg, uh, Winnipeg's, I mean, there's not much Winnipeg gave in that series. They, they kind of rolled over. I mean, you know, Shifley being out of it's not a, not a thing. The Winnipeg was just, they were flat. So you take a little bit of Vegas, a little bit of Toronto, and there you have Tampa Bay and the Islanders have a blueprint. I've mentioned it several times already. And the Canadians have played teams like this. So they they have the experience. They know what they need to do to win. So let's, uh, let's just finish off the show here with predictions. Just like we did prior to the Vegas series. We're going to start with Matt. Uh, well, I did so well with my prediction in the last series, saying Habs and six. <laughs> I will, I'll stick to that. I'll say Habs and six. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't shied away from the Canadians winning a series yet. They're in the final. 
I'm obviously going to stick with my team. What was your call against Toronto? I think I said, I think I said five, yeah. Habs yeah. and five, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. But I still picked them. <laughs> still picked them. Treg, what about you? Habs and six. Habs in six. So at, at, we're recording. It's the 27th of June. I went on, uh, I was on an episode of Obelotage and I was asked my prediction. So I gave it there. First play, uh, you know, an exclusive, the, per, the first prediction that I've given for this series. And it's the same as you guys. It's the Habs and six. They, they, they have, the longer this series goes, the better it is for the Canadians because they're wearing them down. Kucherov's playing hurt. You, you throw a good hard body check. Edmondson, Petrie, Weber, all these guys. Sherratt, they're going to be crunching these guys on the boards. Kucherov is going to, you know, you get him in the right spot, he'll crumble. I'm not saying take him out, but I'm, I'm saying a good clean hit could make the difference in this series. And the longer it goes, the more chances that happens. Yeah, this is the time of the year where the name on the back of the jersey does not matter. You're going through that player. And that's, yeah. and I talk about I talk about that all throughout the season, but when there's playoffs, that obviously gets amped up. Well, you're looking at the last four wins to a Stanley Cup ring. I mean, yeah. you get your name engraved on this trophy, you're immortalized forever. And the players that get to this point... That is what they're looking at. Right. You guys have talked about how everyone's bought into the, the game plan, the roles, and this is why. They all want that trophy. Both teams. I know Tampa won it last year, but Christ, you get this far, you want to win it. And that's why these games are the hardest to win. And that's why the longer the series goes, the more it'll tip in the Canadians' favor, in my opinion. So final thoughts. Matt, final thoughts? I got nothing else against the series. I do want to give a shout out to my cousin Preston. He was drafted. Uh, he was drafted by the Moncton Wildcats uh, during the Quebec Major Junior League draft. Um, he's a local kid from from the Moncton area. Played his whole uh, hockey career so far in the Moncton area and surrounding area. Um, so his uh, his dad Corey is uh, ecstatic. The family's ecstatic, and um, you know, hopefully, he continues to put in the hard work and makes the roster and. Uh, I'll be able to see him play for the Wildcats. Can't wait to have him come to Halifax so we can boo him. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Trey, what about you? Uh, no, I don't have much. Uh, if anyone's wondering, my dog's foot's healing up just fine. She gets her bandage off on Monday, and uh, so she'll be uh, back to normal with just one less toe. I saw Tina put the uh, the cone on, on her. Uh, yeah. So she took that off of you and put it on the dog? yes basically yeah <clears throat> basically what happened is her first bandage came off for some we don't know how so we put the cone on took her back to the vet get a new bandage put on her but she, she's well, pretty good as long as she's doing better now that's that's the important part yeah uh, uh the only final thoughts i'm going to provide are uh our sponsors built bar go to builtbar.com and use promo code unfiltered 20 save yourself 10 percent off your purchase uh, BuiltBar.com. Uh, BuiltBar provides some of the best tasting protein bars out there. Uh, they, you go online, order, they deliver to your house. Uh, right now, if you order right now until I believe the 30th, you can get a cooler with purchase. So that's 10% off with unfiltered 20. East Coast Lifestyle. We've provided a, a special 
until the 30th, I'm going to bring up our new promo code for this 30% off from East Coast Lifestyle. Uh, it's, it's a pre-generated one from East Coast, so bear with me. Um, yeah, it was shared on our unfil- uh, Habs Unfiltered Twitter account and on Instagram. So if you want it, you got to go on to those accounts. If you want 20% off, just use Unfiltered, tw- uh, just use Unfiltered 20, gets you 20% off. And finally, SeatGiant.ca. If you're looking at buying tickets in Tampa Bay, in Montreal, concerts, hockey games, whatever, go to SeatGiant. Use promo code UNFILTER20 and save 35% off your per, your fees at purchase. And I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, we've, we've done extremely well recently. Uh, we've hit records for one-day listens. We've got new listeners from Toronto, from Vegas, from, from Winnipeg. And I just want to thank all of you for, for joining on, listening to us, sending us emails and tweets and we really appreciate that interaction. Unless you're Steve Simmons, just stop tweeting and delete your account. Je veux dire ça en français. Arrête. Ferme ta gueule. If you need translations, it's provided. Um, so yeah, so that's that's it for the show. Uh, Canadians are in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, you can be as salty as you want. It doesn't matter. They're here. Deal with it. And uh, remember, if you were talking about it, so are we. Have you ever needed a fragrance that matches your every social media post? Well, if you're on Twitter after dark and feel a little angry, you can wear Fire Perky. This fragrance is available on every social media site. Fire Perky. On every message board. Fire Perky. So when you need to smell like your social media accounts take a bath in. Fire Perky. You'll need no other fragrance. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. 
follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.